0: Hello, and welcome to a supplemental episode of Ship Talking, a little holiday special, shall we say, Robbie?
1: Yeah, I'd actually like to call it a bonus episode. I think supplemental is a little stuffy, kind of boring. You mean like
0: a little Picard, a little Janeway, Captain's Log, supplemental, that kind of thing?
1: Well, I actually wanted to call it like our bigger... thicker episode, <laughs> but apparently our new legal counsel, James, uh, yes, he's been promoted to legal counsel, <laughs> has explicitly forbid me from using that term, so I like, let's just call it the, the bonus episode. Okay, fine. We, right, I'm, fair I'm enough? Fi- fair enough? Fine with that. Okay. For this very special bonus episode, or supplemental episode, whatever you want to call it, we're going to reminisce a bit and play a sampler and a little bit of the behind the scenes of each of our episodes and the chat from each episode is a teaser of sorts of what you can find on our Patreon.
0: Yeah, these clips were not released as part of the public episodes so they've only actually been heard by our patrons in the full expanded chats that's available on our Patreon. So we hope you enjoy them and of course if you want to hear the expanded chats with each of our guests you can head to our Patreon which is patreon.com slash shiptalkingpod or just go to shiptalkingpod.com and click the link at the top and each of these adds about 30 minutes on average of additional conversation for each of the episodes.
1: What a lot of don't know is that even though our, we keep our episodes really short there's a lot of time and love and work that goes into these episodes and behind the scenes there's so many takes that didn't make it or yep. so many things that didn't get in but there's some funny stuff some silly stuff and everything in between and we definitely thought that this would be a great opportunity for you all to get to know us a little bit better and to also know the guests that we've had on our show yeah so let's go ahead and start off with our first episode Episode one, where everything began, and it featured Rick Sternbach and Thomas Maroney.
0: I can't believe that this was just in October, so just a couple months ago, but I'll always remember our first episode. And what a great time it was. Rick Sternbach was not only illuminating and not only talked to us about topics we were really hoping to get to, but we went on off complete tangents. And of course, having Thomas Maroney there was just awesome because he had worked on the next iteration of voyager or the intrepid class in star trek online so he brought a lot of experience from his research that he did actually on rick
1: for all of our listeners one thing i'd love to add into that is that so this was our first time interviewing someone for myself i've never been on a podcast before i've never interviewed and if i could channel my best sophia from the golden girls (laughs) uh i would like to go start like this and say picture it Kronos 2020 Gowron because <laughs> the second we started recording I was literally like Gowron in headlight and I froze I when when it was my turn to start talking to um uh Rick I just was like what am I talking about what, what's going on it was, it was actually kind of a little fun uh freak out moment slash what do I do but then He was great.
0: I'm going to say it was a golden moment because, Robbie, no one, I think, has any idea that was your first podcast. And, you know, as my best friend, it was such a magical moment and I will never,
1: ever forget it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I can't believe that that episode was the kickoff to this really wonderful journey. So, yeah. Well, now that you all know behind the scenes of what happened with this, we would love you to enjoy this clip from our episode one.
2: I learned... um Early on, that if you give them something physical to look at, to to walk around and talk about, um, mm-hmm. you know, you you get a lot better feedback than maybe you know two sketches from two slightly different angles. Sure. Uh, yeah. And and I uh, you know just as a, as a, a side note, uh, I used to love helping the set designers by taking their their set blueprints and making foam core models of the sets.
3: No, oh, cool, yeah.
2: And the directors, uh, especially guys like, uh, like Rick Colby, um, you know, could walk around, they could point at things, they could say, oh, you know, look, I'd love a window here, or let's wild this wall out, uh, so we yeah. can get the camera in for the for these other other shots, that kind of thing. So models, you know, physical models, I think were, were a great tool, um, in a a high pressure uh, situation like like, uh, episodic television.
0: We continued the journey with episode two, which featured Dr. Aaron McDonald, an astrophysicist and aerospace engineer and consultant on the Star Trek series.
1: So for myself, what I really loved about this episode and talking to Aaron McDonald was two things. First, I am, I'm a, I'm a data person. Mm-hmm. I love the science. I love to know the how, what, when, where behind everything as much as possible. And first of all, Dr. Aaron McDonald provided this really great science yeah. behind Star Trek and science fiction. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is it makes me it made me feel more connected to the show because it made me feel less crazy. You know, that there's actually science behind the science fiction. And then on top of that, she is just so cool. She was just, I feel like, as our second guest, it made me personally feel just so much more relaxed because she was so easy to talk to and she was so smart and so knowledgeable. And I love that. I think that was actually one of the most fun times talking to a guest. So it was really special.
0: Yeah. And she's actually part of our VIP chat channel in our Discord, which is also available to patrons. So if you're at the Enterprise D level or higher, you get to be able to chat directly with her possibly. So join us in there. But yeah, absolutely. She is so knowledgeable and so much fun to talk with, especially since she's working on all the new Trek. So go ahead and enjoy this expanded clip from her episode.
4: Our, you know, our college parties would have the beer pong, the red cups, and TNG on in the
0: background. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh my god, that's amazing.
4: Yeah, it was really good, and you know, it was great because as the night, it was like all that was just the background noise. But then it would transition into sort of like turn. We would get sucked into episodes. Someone would be like, "Oh, this is a really great one," and this is just episodes playing on VHS, you know, in the background. And we would start doing a drinking game, and uh, then it just ended up with a bunch of us sitting around until four in the morning watching TNG. So that was that's (laughs) how I got exposed to Star Trek, which is great.
1: Um, You mentioned that in your like when you were in school and university that you had a lot of uh colleagues and and fellow students that were also track fans and and, and studying astrophysics and physics was there ever anything during your studies that related to star trek that we would know about
4: you know it's funny because that's something that i've tried to do because i see the value of being able to do that but that's not Mm -hmm. something that ever came up in the classroom and i think should be used more because there is that that reference point that so many people are getting into science because of science fiction and have Mm -hmm. for generations you know we're on multiple generations now of people becoming scientists because of star trek and uh but the people teaching these fields don't put those together and don't realize that like some of the science is really hard talking about quantum physics and heisenberg's uncertainty principle and and these sort of things you're just learning them purely from the math purely like you have no reference point for this but if those educators were able to pivot and say okay so like in this episode or the transporter you know wouldn't be able to operate because of heisenberg's uncertainty principle then you have a reference point and you can at least use it as a teaching moment to say this is why it wouldn't work. And so I'm a huge advocate for integrating that science fiction with science education much more because there are so many fans of it.
1: So our next episode that we did, which was episode three with Doug Drexler and Nick Duguid, I really like the direction that we had in the show, because when Brandon and I originally were thinking about the concept for ship talking, we really wanted to hone in on the details, the concept, the schematics and the technical knowledge that goes into creating these ships. And Doug Drexler and Nick provided that and then some.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And what was really cool, and I didn't think about it when I was working on the pre-production work, was Nick worked on the Deep Space Nine model in Star Trek Online, and Doug Drexler did as well for Deep Space Nine. They both worked on interiors, right? So it's actually kind of cool to bring them together, and they had such a cool chat about it. On top of that, Nick did the Enterprise J in Star Trek Online, and of course, Doug designed the Enterprise J as well. So both of those two things actually came together, and I was not planning Planning for that ahead of time it just happened to work out and i'm really glad it did
1: and i think that what's really nice for all of you who love the shows and like the star trek universe of course is that we find out that there's so much more reading material out there if you mm-hmm. want to really get into the technical specifications uh and doug drexler was a huge part of that yeah absolutely so with that um go ahead and listen to this clip from our expanded interview Doug, are you watching the new shows? Have you been watching Discovery or Lower Decks? I have
5: seen Discovery. I've seen uh, Picard. Okay. Okay. I'm up to I think there's episode some, five.
6: I think there's some stuff in Discovery that you're going to appreciate uh, if and when you get to it. So, yeah, I, agree. I, figure I think eventually, you
5: probably what will happen is if I if they bring me on at some point, I'll go. I have to watch it now.
0: <laughs> well, it's a, it's a I, plan worked, to save out for that then.
5: Yeah. I worked last week and this coming week I'm working on Picard. Cool. Uh, class I, got, I just saw Tom thomas
0: mm-hmm.
5: uh, in a, me, a zoom meeting the other day uh because orville was down yeah. and yeah. the new art director uh, dave glass on uh Picard is a Star trek fan All he right. knows Star Trek Good. and um i you know he to him it's a dream come true to get you know someone like michael kuda or even yeah. me you know he yeah. he's you know tickle that i'm there uh, but so i hadn't seen picard either i, I mean yeah. I, what i have to explain sure when i saw the first jj movie i was crushed by it mm-hmm. um i i actually walked out the first time i saw it mm-hmm. i can oh. tell you exactly when i did it was when the cadet yelled i can't wait to kick some romulan ass a starfleet cadet mm-hmm. yelled that And that was it. I'm out. (laughs) And it was really painful for me. Um, And then I found out that they were resistant to hiring anyone who had been on the earlier shows.
0: All right, our fourth episode featured Dr. Margaret Ridekamp, and I absolutely loved this episode. It really gave us a different kind of experience. Not someone that works on the shows and works on designing ships, but almost like that guardian of the initial ship that started it all, the original Enterprise and the original studio model.
1: And what a lot of you didn't get a chance to see because our podcast is audio is that one of the questions I asked her was if it ever had been dropped or possibly moved. And if you guys could just have saw the look on her face <laughs> when I suggested that the Enterprise could potentially, that model this iconic piece of history could have potentially been dropped under her watch. Uh, Let's just say, uh, yeah, it didn't go over so well. That was not one of my better (laughs) moments, but I have to say that that interview was very special because she shared her passion for preserving and restoring this iconic piece of art Mm -hmm. that brought Star Trek to all of us. And even if we're not, even if for those of you who aren't fans of, the original series and maybe that particular model of the Enterprise. You know, it really, the, the one point she brought up was that that's what started everything. That's yeah. where, where Brandon and I are where we are now with our passion for Star Trek. So I love that episode and it was wonderful to, to talk to her.
0: I absolutely agree. With that said, go ahead and enjoy this expanded clip from the episode.
7: I think one of the challenges in a long standing, long running, just storied beloved franchise mm-hmm. Is finding the places where you can push the boundaries, and then still having the fans feel like you've got the core still there that says that this still is on brand. It's what I expect when I come to um, to Star Trek, and um, you know, in a, a very tangential way, when we were doing the work on the Enterprise model from the original show, part of it was really trying to make the decisions about you know what point do we bring this artifact to? How do we mm-hmm. make the artifact look the best that it can, and at the same time, be true to who, and who, I'm saying who. That,
0: um, let's do it, let's, let's so it she, is a who, yeah. You know,
7: To what that artifact was when it was used in the 1960s. Um, and so I think that kind of creative tension, uh, when done well, can really create some wonderful products.
1: Episode five with Robert Duncan McNeil. First thing I have to say was that when Brandon and I knew that we were going to have the Tom Paris on the show, I kind of feel like the only way to perfectly say this is if we had like a thermometer or a gauge and it was just like going off the charts. Like Brandon and I were just like, okay, calm down. Keep it cool. Keep it chill. Like do not overly get too excited. Now- that's what we said i don't know about you brandon but for myself when i had him on the show i just literally was like having to pinch myself like okay keep it calm keep it calm i, know. I don't know how, how are you doing like during that yeah
0: episode? well you know what he was so chill he yeah. really made us feel comfortable like yeah he is just a, such a cool guy and i knew it was going to kind of be like that from listening to his delta flyers podcast right that said it was still like the night before like oh my gosh I'm I'm really looking forward to him. Voyager means so much to me. It's what I grew up watching. It was right around the time it's the reason why I started watching Star Trek cuz my dad sat me down and had mm-hmm. me watch it with him. Yep. So he really played a pivotal role in my upbringing of sorts, you know, seeing him each week and also, you know, my love for Star Trek. So it was really cool moment to have him come on. And he is just such a cool guy. And if you guys are not listening to the Delta Flyers already, do go check out him and Garrett Wong's podcast.
1: I kind of felt like I needed to wear my formal dress uniform for that, <laughs> yeah. which Brandon, uh, I think we need to get formal dress uniforms. Um, but I also have to say that this is just another example of how close knit the Star Trek community is, right? We had yeah. We had a really nice famous star on our show and he was very gracious. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into our expanded clip.
6: I did talk to those guys about getting involved again with the franchise, and uh, and there's some some ideas that were kicking around, including uh, revisiting Captain Proton, which has always been ah, cool a, a, a dream of mine to yeah. uh, to bring that that whole storyline back to life. I think that Captain Proton and you know uh, Doctor Chaotica and Queen sure. Arachnia, all oh, those yes. characters mm-hmm. are just wonderful characters, and there's there's something there for the fans to kind of revisit the uh the captain proton world again so i've i've talked to those guys a bit about
1: that as well cool well that'd be great that would be wonderful and i you know i think one thing i've always wondered is what was the inspiration for captain proton was that yours who was it the writers like how did that come a, to be
6: you know i don't know that's a great question i i maybe as on our podcast the delta flyers uh gary and i can kind of do a little research and find out cool. i don't know where the idea came from and have to go back and look at which writer and where the story came from, but I thought it was genius. I wish we had done so much more of Captain Proton's holodeck on Voyager because I think it was an opportunity to kind of uh, make fun of ourselves, you know, have a yeah. sense of humor about our whole predicament a little bit more. And uh, I-, I think the the Captain Proton, certainly for Tom Paris, was just a fun, you know, adventure every time that we had one of those stories and uh so yeah we'll see maybe they'll maybe we'll be able to bring that back in some form that would be a lot of fun
0: All right, our sixth episode featured Mike McMahon, who's the creator of Lower Decks, and Sean Taranjo, who's the designer of the Titan. And I think my favorite part about this episode was, Sean did not know that the Titan was gonna be featured in Lower Decks. It was a complete surprise to him. And to bring him together with Mike, who they the two of them had not met yet, was actually really cool to see. And the dynamic both of them had, talking about not only the Titan, but also the Cerritos, really played off well. Because they both actually had a common love for the Reliant, which the Cerritos kind of pulls from, and so does the Titan. It was just really cool to see the two of them talk and where the chat really went. You know... Many of you don't know, but Robbie and I don't necessarily put down questions that we want to ask. We might have a few core topics that we want to get to, but really the conversation naturally evolves. And you'll hear that in the expanded clips if you listen to them in in full. We kind of say, you know what, let's go where the warp core takes us.
1: For me, this episode has a very special place in my heart. For many reasons. So first of all, I, this was probably the the most fun that Brandon and I had on a show. We'll call this the before James era, the PJ <laughs> era, um, because first of all, one, this is the first time we had an F bomb dropped on the on the episode multiple times. True. So we didn't have James to do damage control. Um, <laughs> so I, I, you know, but which is one, that was the first part. The second thing was that, oh my goodness, Mike was crazy. He was out of control. He was so much fun. And for all of you who haven't had a chance to watch Lower Decks, I cannot say enough that if you love Star Trek and you just are not perfectly sold on Star Trek Lower Decks, you have to start watching it because just how funny Mike is and what he brings to what he brought to our, this particular episode. I mean, like I was honest, I I've rewatched now lower decks three times. It's just so much fun. Um, And the other thing was that I have so much more respect for what he is trying to do for the, for the entire star Trek universe. And he brought that to that episode with us. He really, his passion for creating high quality content is something I respect. And um, I love it. So that was definitely one of my most fun episodes. I felt like the time flew by. I could have talked to him for two, three hours, Um, but it was so much fun, and I can't wait for hopefully we can have him on again.
0: Yeah, that recording session was definitely a wild ride. And uh, anyways, enjoy this clip from their expanded episode.
6: I grew up on first runs of PNG, mm-hmm. So actually getting to see all the call outs that you've done and how you've made sure you get the acutograms, You got all the uh, nice stuff in the background. Even the sound effects are right. Yeah. That have, was uh, a
2: lot of work. The,
4: the doors. Sound
0: Thank you for that.
6: Yeah. And then what I can see with the Cerritos being just being another ship designer part, I can see how you've got the saucer section connected to the struts. I could totally see that thing, the saucer separating and finding like a derelict galaxy and hooking that saucer in there and to pull the battle section back to base.
4: I could see it totally there's, clamping on. I don't want to give too much away, but you'll see second season, there's a reason the struts, there's actually, there's a reason the nacelles aren't like ovular or, or rounded or smooth. Like there's a reason that, we call them skates like,
1: like yeah, yeah they are skate kind guards, of skates yeah. kind of. Yeah, that's right. Okay.
4: Yeah, and there's actually, there's a Actual functional reason why they're shaped like that,
1: Ooh, and it's awesome. Cool. <laughs> okay, so episode seven, all about the Vesta. Vesta. Do you think that? Uh, do you think that's gonna stick? You know, I actually don't
0: know if anyone knows that George started adding those end clips that pull something from the show. So here's a little nod to say, make sure you're listening to the very end.
3: He's right, you know.
0: I've had so much interaction over Twitter with people going Vesta like spelling it out it's been really fun to see
1: and I have to also add like a little tidbit so I have two dogs uh, Melina and Vesna they are both little miniature huskies otherwise known as Alaskan Klee Kai but one of my dogs as I just mentioned her name is Vesna so every time she heard Vesta her ears would perk up and get really excited and so she was probably thinking there was some Serbian being spoken on our Star Trek show but um, thank you James for giving false hope to my dog Um, but this was a really fun episode we had a lot of crazy zany moments and it was also really nice to have James on because he is so knowledgeable about that particular ship he was so passionate And between the two of them, him and Mark, they definitely gave us a lot of great material.
0: Yeah, and this was the first episode where we really just took the entire episode to talk about one ship, right? I mean, we talked about some of his other designs that he does, but it was primarily about the Vesta, and I think that was actually really cool because it allowed us to dive deeper, and I'd like to see us do more of that. Um, I like to mix it up here and there, so it'd be really cool to see Mark come back on. I'd also, you know what, here's a little teaser. I would love to Mm -hmm. see Mark, Sean, Taranjo come back on, as well as let's get Adam Isle, who designed the Enterprise F, and we could talk to them about how fan designs have stood the test of time and become
1: canon oh that would be really cool i could also just imagine george just probably looking at us with with stares of like (laughs) having like he'd have be having a conniption you know and then of course you know what if we have james on there uh i'm sorry if we have james lee on there our james is paul gonna just be like tapping his foot like you guys are in so much trouble. Ugh, God. Five
0: of us on one recording. It could oh, be. Oh, my God. That might need to be like a live episode where we don't have to worry about editing after. We just do a live episode and just do that recorded in front of a live studio audience. And we don't have to worry about anything.
1: I know. But James probably would be working like. 24 hours a day like doing damage (laughs) control because I could only imagine like the things that would be coming out of our mouth.
0: There's no better person suited for managing damage control than our amazing community manager, James. And there's no one better to edit all of those lovely voices, no matter how many of us are on there, then our audio engineer, George Davies. They are the best.
1: You're right. Let's do it. I mean, let's just let them know that they're going to be working three weeks straight, no break, to have to fix our hot messes, <laughs> um, which they do on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're so excited. So go ahead, listen to this expanded clip of Episode 7 with Mark and James Lee.
8: If you look on the back of the saucer, you have your two impulse engines, your sublight engines. And if you go back to the uh, nacelles and the um, pylons, you could see a second set of uh, impulse engines back there. So you have a redundancy even where yeah, you say, it,
9: it was needed because the saucer can separate. So right, you, you're and, looking at the top view at the moment. Yeah,
8: top view of the ship. I have the uh, the the layout where it has the top inside. Oh yeah, that's the one yeah. I'm looking at. So you have redundancy for saucer separation, but you also have it for if once it's taken out, you can use the other, mm-hmm. or you yeah, could yeah. use all of them together to get extra speed or or thrust or something. You know, there's so many yeah. different things that come with that. That are that open up possibilities for story and functionality. Yeah, yeah, yeah it
9: absolutely does. In in one of the later books, I read that uh, the another festa was landing on a planet.
0: Oh, uh, blue and, alert! Uh, yeah, blue exactly.
9: Alert. <laughs> and it I never thought about landing legs, but it's um, I, I did. A, it, it's it's possible. I'm, I'm I'm implementing them in this version. Um, there we and go. And I think I think I pointed out. Uh, um, where they should be in the in the previous one or the the current version but um yeah they're, they're hidden
8: <laughs> does it describe it in the book like where the gear comes from on the ship as it's landing or does it just say it lands
9: it, luckily it doesn't say where it
0: comes from and for our last official episode of the year before we ended and took our little break before doing this little bonus supplemental holiday episode, uh, we had our chat with Tobias Richter and Donnie Versace. And again, like earlier in the season with our episodes, we brought together two people who have never met before, but they actually work quite closely together, probably through their producers, but they both make ship happen for Star Trek Online. And of course, for their own work with their amazing artwork and CGI that they do.
1: What was really fun with this episode is the fact that Okay, so for myself, and I know that, Brandon, we've talked about this before. One of the things, like, I've always loved about Star Trek and with the ships in particular is, like, I always think to myself, oh, man, it would be so much fun to captain one of the ships Mm -hmm. or to be at a particular station, you know, doing my job while flying the ship. And Tobias and Donnie talked about getting ships the concept stage to the actual within the game or in the artwork. And what I loved is for all of you who like to see, you know, have everything piece by piece explained out, they really kind of every day with their work, they bring that to life. They allow people to get that dream realized where they're able to go and fly a ship around and, and and do what we all love to do because we're all also, if you're a video game nerd like Brandon and I, yep. that is like the next best thing to actually being able to fly these fictional ships is right. to be able to go into the video game and actually command it and do missions and drive it. And I think that all of us in the community are so just grateful and fortunate that we have their awesome work that they get to do.
0: I love that I was able to talk to... The individuals that actually make the ships that I fly really cool. Anyways, enjoy this last expanded clip before we give you some teasers of our lineup for 2021.
6: So yeah, I got to work on the galaxy, and you know, because our model was due for an upgrade for sure. I mean, Thomas did a great job with what he had back when he did the last remaster. I wanted to make it look as close to the show as possible in our game, and uh, getting to do that and seeing it in game, and just like just knowing that, like, wow, I. I got to model the Enterprise, the Galaxy for for our game, which
1: I've seen That's it awesome. in a hundred other
6: games. You know, yeah. other artists have had that pleasure. To me, even above the Inter- the original Enterprise, to me the Enterprise D is more iconic uh in you know, a in a weird way.
0: Tobias, you're also no stranger to the Galaxy class. You've got a beautiful model. And of course your model was also used in the remastering of TNG, but that's got to be a cool feeling.
3: Yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. I mean, that wasn't on my my uh, mind when I modeled her. Um, I just modeled, uh, I think, every enterprise, so this was just one one of them. And then sometime someday, I think, Doug or some guy from from CBS um, contacted me to if they could use my model. Uh, Mike, Mike was it? Mike Okuda. Um, asked me if if I if they could use my model, so that was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's an actual cont- contribution to the show, um, which was yeah fantastic. I've done tons of fan artwork, but fan artwork is fan artwork. It's not sure. the actual franchise, so um, that was really fantastic.
0: Well, we hope you enjoyed all of the expanded clips you just got to listen to, and there's much more where that came from. Again, head to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash shiptalkingpod, or just go to shiptalkingpod.com and click the Patreon link at the top, and you can become one of our patrons and get access to the full expanded chats, which usually give about 30 minutes of extra content from what you heard on the live episodes. Now as you heard, our guests in 2020 were epic, and we've got a great lineup for 2021 planned as well. Our first episode coming out on the 8th of January will feature Ben Robinson, which is really exciting. He works at Hero Collector and Eagle Moss on their Star Trek models. We've got guests like James Swallow, who is a Star Trek author who has a new Picard book coming out. Bill Krauss, who is a physical model maker, Al Rivera, as well as Hector Ortiz and Ian Richards, all who work on Star Trek Online. We've got the legendary Andrew Probert coming on, yep, that one, who designed the Galaxy Class, the Enterprise D, as well as the Enterprise C, and many other ships in the franchise. We've got Tim Suricata-Davies, who's famous for his MSDs, which are Master System Displays. We've got Zeph Films, who's a videographer for Star Trek ships. And as we teased earlier, we are going to have Adam Aelon, who is the designer of the Enterprise F, also known as the Odyssey class. And that's just some of the names. We have names already booked through April and more
1: added to the list each week. And of course, just so everybody's clear, there will be more Sharky the Trekkie in 2021. (laughs) Tons more Sharky. You know, so I think that that is it for our bonus, bigger, thicker episode but we really hope you enjoyed the teasers for our content and kind of a little bit of the behind the scenes again,
0: as a reminder, our next official episode, which is episode nine releases on Friday, the 8th of January, 2021. And if you want to stay in touch in the meantime, give us a shout over Twitter or email. Hello at shiptalkingpod.com. We'd love to chat more with you all over the
1: break. And we're looking forward to engaging, getting to know you all better. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our wonderful and amazing community. Also, huge thank you to our chief engineer of audio production, George Davies, and our community manager slash attorney slash <laughs> keeping us out of trouble slash adult. I think James and George are also the only adults that we have on the show, because I think between the two of us and Sharky, we're all like mentally underage. Um, yeah, and by the way, yes, George and uh, James did get promotions. Unfortunately, yet again, people who got promoted faster than Harry Kim, (laughs) but that is besides the point. Um, But we couldn't do this without all of you. You guys definitely have helped us transform the show into something that Brandon and I are very passionate and very proud of.
0: It really is great to have you all aboard and we'll see you in 2021 where I promise I'll have a better go to warp command phrase.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking over the break, we'll have to work on that. That's my homework. Yeah, that, that's your homework, because I think right now, I think everybody can agree that Make It Slippy is kind of like our go-to warp sign, right? Okay,
0: kind Okay. before we get on to Make It Slippy or Moist, I'm just going to say goodbye to everyone. See you in 2021. Cheers.
1: Cheers, Pip-Pip, and everybody have a wonderful holiday time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
5: Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. You're still here. Well, I have a special song for you, you precocious young whippersnapper. Star Trek themed and all. Courtesy of Ship Talking Limited. I mean, George Davies. I mean, Santa's Workshop. Take it away.
3: Say, here's a funny Christmas joke for you. What do you get when you cross a young Ferengi in Starfleet with the produce of a very festive chicken? Eggnog. You're welcome. Santa Claus got a spore drive I simply can't deny He's popping round the atmosphere and chewing on its pies Santa Claus got a spore drive Of this you can be sure When Jesus got quantum slipstream And butter transport core Oh, he swapped out Rudolph's nose With antimatter in the sag deuterium in his beard Oh, and every little kitty knows The sleigh bells only functions Keeping away those pesky Borg With phasers in conjunction He's got photonic elves And candy cane cells But most importantly, most transportedly Beam me up a Romulan ale Sing it out like you're alive Santa Claus got us for dry.